You're listening to the Marnie on the Move podcast live from the UFOS Recovery Lounge pop-up at Ironman World Championships in St. George, Utah. Yeah, I think especially when we're talking about Ironman racing or also for 7.3 racing, it's just you have to be prepared to that it is not always going great. Like you have like mental ups and, ups and downs. Sometimes when you're like passing people and you're faster, like faster stemming, you feel like, okay, now I'm like super good and like you're confident again. And But when you're like in a certain point of a race and you don't know, you're done like climbing hills or etc. And then you feel like, oh, okay, now I'm hurting. And how should I even start the run? And just, it's just like an up and down, but you have to be kind of prepared for, the, for that. But And it's always possible to run after a hard bike, even if you feel like, if it's like a tough bike ride, um, you always can start the run. That was Florian Angart. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative, movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training and showcase their expertise and story. Welcome and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Today, I sync up with world-famous German professional triathlete, Florian Engert, live from the UFOS Recovery Lounge pop-up in St. George, Utah. We caught up earlier in the week before world championships to sync up about how he got his start in triathlon, what he loves about this sport, the segment of the St. George Racecourse he was most looking forward to, and what he does when he's not training and racing. P.S. Flo placed fifth at Ironman World Champs with the sub eight, yes, I said sub eight time of 7.59.35. Before we dive into our conversation, shout out to our partners at UFOS and Inside Tracker. UFOS is a global leader in recovery footwear, founded by a team of industry veterans looking to help runners and fitness enthusiasts recover better from their workouts. As a triathlete and runner, I live in these shoes when I'm not clipped in or out on a run. I even keep them in transition on race day or in my post-run race recovery bag. Made with revolutionary UFOM technology, UFOs are designed to absorb 37% more impact than traditional footwear, so your body doesn't have to, helping you recover and recharge between sessions. From professional athletes to casual walkers, UFOs footwear will make your hard-working feet and body feel better. Head over to ufos.com to shop all styles and feel the ooh. More about Inside Tracker later. Now, on to my conversation with Flo. Flo, thank you for stopping by. Thanks for having me. How long have you been here now in St. George? Um, I arrived on 24th of April, so I think it's around eight or nine days now. And you're originally from Germany. Exactly. Where do you typically train? What's the terrain like in Germany where you're training? Um, it's actually com the complete opposite to here. I mean, 
I think in around that time of the year we have at home like between 15 and 20 degrees Celsius. So I learned this morning that it's something around 60 to 70 Fahrenheit. Yeah, and the weather is, I mean, we have a lot of rain, like, yeah, and no desert at all. So what about wind? Do you guys have a lot of wind? Uh, that depends. Yeah. It depends from day to day. But um, yeah, there can be quite some strong winds. Not as strong as today. I was on the bike before I came here and it was super strong, to be honest. Um, super heavy winds. But um, yeah, I think it's just like a mild climate where I live. And it's actually a, a nice place to train. But I also like uh, being in St. George and uh, training here. It's a yeah. cool, it's actually, yeah, it's just something completely different. Do you feel like it's super important to train the terrain when you're doing a race and go early and sort of like check out the course? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, we are professionals, we race as professionals. So I think that's part of our job, to be honest, um, to know the course, to know just the terrain. Um, and especially um, the time difference to Germany or the time shift is like eight hours. Yeah. So um, there's kind of that, it's a rule to say like um, one per, no, you arrive like one day early yes. like for one for one hour. So eight hours makes eight days yeah. before the race. and. Yeah, I just wanted to come even more yeah. early to, to be here, just to see everything, get used to the climate and um, yeah, just to see the course. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. I always kind of wonder, you know, I, when you travel a lot to compete in races as a professional athlete, what you have to do if you're changing cl like time zones, climate, you know, you're on an airplane for 10, 15, I don't yep. even know how long it takes to get here from Germany. I mean, it took us like seven hours from New York, so I can't even imagine. Yeah, um, it was like, I think in total, it was 24 hours of traveling. Oh my gosh. Um, a 10 hour or 11 hour flight from Frankfurt to Denver and then four hour layover. And um, uh, I think one hour 30 flight from Denver to St. George. So until I was in, in the Airbnb, it, yeah, I think it Around 24 hours. 24 hours. Yeah. And so, and now this is, is this your, your last huge win and achievement that you did was back in Barcelona in 2019, which isn't as much of a jump in terms of time zone and climate change. So how are you doing this differently, seeing that this is the world championship and we're in Utah? I talked a lot about, to my coach about it and we... Actually, we decided that it's enough. Like we train a lot indoor yeah. at home, and we can actually do also like kind of a heat training, and um, to prepare for the heat. Yes. And just the fact that I was here like two weeks uh, before the race, um, it's just it's enough or it's yeah, good enough to don't have a jet lag anymore, um, to adapt to the heat, to the climate in general, and yeah, just for the yeah to the time shift. Do you have a a, a favorite? part of the course that you're really looking forward to racing on yeah i mean just in terms of when you're talking about landscape it's definitely snow canyon snow canyon <laughs> it's the most yeah. beautiful beautiful part of the course for sure um yeah but actually i think i really like the i mean i like the course in general it's a yeah. tough course and i like tough courses yeah um not only on the bike but also on the run but yeah like the part maybe which suits me best is the first part around like when we start at the lake on the bike yeah. and go out that out and back part like close to the airport and back again that's like super smooth um road surface and um i think depending a little bit on the wind but it will be fast so um yeah that's something i like 
You're on a cube bike, which is so cool. I've been seeing those bikes pop up everywhere. Tell me a little bit about what you love about that bike. And this is nothing to do with your sponsor, but I'm just really <laughs> curious because it's a gorgeous bike. Yeah. I mean, actually, it's uh, it's my first custom painted bike. I mean, I'm riding cubes since I am doing triathlon, actually. But now I got for special yeah, custom paint for only for that race, to be honest. Um, the original plan was to ride it in Hawaii, but as that got postponed but it just i think it just looks su super cool it's blue it's, right it's blue and i think like the official um yeah how do you say like the official description of the color is like blue chrome and holographic flakes yeah also sounds cool i think yeah no it's 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 <laughs> and amazing especially, yeah. and especially um in the red desert it looks even better i know be uh, your pictures on instagram are next level off the hook <laughs> thanks yeah i have to, I have to thank um, simon my photographer who's here yeah. with me but um yeah just in general it's a super fast bike it's super comfortable i can just ride the position i want it took quite a lot of time to uh, yeah, get used to the bike but to adopt a position like and make it work for me also in terms of aerodynamics which is actually the most important thing about just the bike leg or the bike course in general yeah my partner just got a new TT bike and she's going through that yeah. same experience at trying to get adjusted. But is there a normal time frame that it takes to kind of get adjusted onto like your new bike in the new position? Or I think just when you're talking about position, it's a never ending story uh, kind of. You, yeah. It's not that you go to a bike fitter and say, I want to sit like comfortable and aerodynamic on the bike and you do that in one session. So I think I'm working with my bike fitter since June 2019 or something. Okay, wow. Um, so it's just like you have to do bellow a bit. And I mean, when you start doing that, you're able to ride a certain position. But when you get used to that position and your muscles get used to it and you just feel more comfortable, then you can go a step further. But that might take, if you adopt to it like really fast, then it can, can take only one month. Yeah. But it can also take half a year. And I mean, we also go on the track, we go in the wind tunnel just in, to test equipment, to test position like um, on aerodynamics. Right. And that's also, you just have to find the right balance between comfort and aerodynamics, which is, yeah, the big difference, I think, between road cycling uh, or time trial as a road cyclist and right. time trialing as a triathlete because we have to run a marathon after that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about the position and and for success for the run right yeah, so exactly so how long have you been in the sport of triathlon because i feel like you have other sports that you've done before triathlon actually i only did one sport before it was swimming yeah <laughs> and i started swimming when i was six years old um yeah and yeah increased it year year per year and um stopped it when i finished school um, and then switched to triathlon that was a, my first triathlon was an olympic distance race and yeah, close to my hometown um in 2012 so wow actually, so you've been doing this for a long time it's already 10 years now yeah that's great do you what do you love about this sport <laughs> i mean I, I swam since i was six and like for 14 years and you always like go in a 25 or 50 meter pool and i've been to in awesome training locations like almost all around europe but actually only saw the pool <laughs> now you're doing triathlon and uh, go out for open water swims which is something completely different um what i'm what i was used to and then of course you go biking and running and that's just actually the thing i love about the sport is that you uh, that you see different places meet different people and it's just cool to be outside and in like not in not indoor but just outdoor and so and and what about what do you think about the swim here 
at Sound Harlow. Um, it will be cold. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> but um, I think I we did. I didn't swim in the um, lake we swam in race day yet, but in the one above. Yeah. Um, and that's actually the same temperature. And I think it for 20 minutes it was okay, but then my f my feet almost yeah. Yeah. Couldn't feel my feet anymore. I feel and like it, if you the faster you swim, the faster it's over, and the less cold you'll be. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's what it is about. Um, That's what I tell myself. <laughs> no, but it's just um, the feet will be cold uh, yeah. also on race day and maybe a little bit the hands, but uh, the hands. But um, it's not that like you completely freeze yeah. because you have the wetsuit on. Um, so it's actually only the feet which yeah, are not covered from neoprene. So. All right. Hope you are enjoying this conversation. Just jumping in here to give a shout out to today's sponsors, Inside Tracker. As you know, I like to be on the inside track when it comes to my health. I am a huge advocate of preventative health care, food as medicine, and optimizing my nutrition whenever I can, which is why Inside Tracker is my go to when it comes to personalized nutrition based upon blood biomarker analysis and DNA. Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood. DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. It transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed nutrition recommendations you need to optimize your health. Get 20% off today at insidetracker.com slash Marnie on the move. Now back to my conversation. What advice would you offer your younger self back in 2012 when you first started triathlon as a professional athlete now? Actually, when I, when I started triathlon, I, it was not about that I want to turn pro. It was just like a little bit by coincidence. Mm -hmm. um, and what I would say like, maybe not my younger self because that's actually what I did. Um, but other people who are thinking about starting triathlon yeah. is just go out, train, enjoy it and just ha have fun doing it because sometimes you get the feeling that it's like a little bit too, too much. They, like people try to overthink it or just yeah. to yeah, rush it yeah. kind of. It's like, okay, I have to get that bike and I have to get that equipment. I mean, my first race on a, back in 2012 on like an 11 kilogram, like steel frame road bike borrowed from my grandpa. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, that might be something different today um, because like carbon frames are way more um, accessible now. But yeah, it's just in general that you look out for a good group, like try to get training mates, etc., and just enjoy riding a bike, go mm -hmm. out for a run and swimming and if you start like that and then you feel like, okay, I want to do that uh, kind of more professional or even, yeah, just concentrate more on that, then I think it's not a should You could just try it. Yeah. But just in general, never forget to have fun. So when did you make the leap from age grouper to pro? Um, after yeah, two years after my first race, I think okay. it was, yeah, it was um, back in 2014. Got it. And I became part of the Edinger Alkoholfrei, it's like a big German beer brand. Okay, um, cool. Also Patrick Lange and Andy Dreitz and Andreas Raylert and Michael Raylert um, are sponsored by them. That's also my main sponsor now and they have like a pro team. Okay. And uh, yeah, I think in English you can say it's like a development team. Yeah. Um, so, and I became part of that in January. 
2014 and I got the pro license since 2014 but I consider myself being a, like a real pro since 2017 because that was the time when I switched from the development team to the pro team and started earning money with the sport right. actually. And do you find like, you know, being here at this event and speaking of earning money and working as a pro triathlete, how do you find the balance between, you know, running around doing media and all the work that you have to do as an athlete because it's your job, but then also kind of being in your mental zone, focused on the race and the actual sport. How do you find that balance? The good thing is that I don't have that much media commitments now. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's, I think that's an important point. I think it's all about, you have to make some experiences before. And I had a lot of races before where you just feel like you're rushing it like a little bit and yeah. stressing. Um, so I think just the fact that I made my plans like early and came here early and I was here last year for the 7.3 and trained okay, here. So yeah. I actually knew where to go, um, where to train and yeah. where to ride. That helped a lot. Um, and it's just, yeah, I just had a setting with my manager, with my photographer that allowed me to just have my routine, yeah. my daily routine. That's great. And, um, that's actually, that is something great when you're not at home. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's important, right? Exactly. Uh, what have you been doing for unrelated to training, like in terms of the, your time here in Utah? Like, have you done any sightseeing or beyond training and racing? A little bit. We went, uh, yeah, we went out to some coffee shops and went up to to Dixie Rocks and uh, some time. But it's actually, um, yeah, we tried not to. It was more about training, to be honest, yeah. because I mean, it's I a world championship race, and yeah. um, I would love to come here one day and just see like Grand Canyon, etc., and all the national national yeah. parks. And you're a photographer. That's your, your hobby, right? And you love coffee, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I read your Instagram. Yeah. Your Instagram. I feel like. Your Instagram is really good. It's like you've got the Thank whole, you. you've got some really great videos. Super inspiring. Thanks. <laughs> so, yeah. So you haven't done any photography, though, while you've been here personally. Because no, you've been no. training. Yeah. I, I would love to do that more. But actually, I think just I don't have the time to, the, to, so do, to do it. Do you leave the day after? or? Yeah, we leave on the race is Saturday. I leave on Monday for Las Vegas. And then we fly back from Las from Vegas there. on Tuesday. That's awesome. So uh, what are you most excited about besides winning about this race? <laughs> First of all, um, <laughs> I'm just yeah, I'm really looking forward to just start the race. Yeah. Um, because with all the um, yeah, late like cancellations of athletes, like who said, uh, you, yeah, who said that they uh, cannot race uh, yeah. due to whatever COVID uh, illness or just being injured. It's just, I think it's just a success in itself to be here and toe the line on yeah. Saturday. Um, but yeah, I think in, just in general, I'm waiting for two and a half years now since Barcelona actually to finally race Ironman yeah. World Championships. And it's just, yeah, I'm so much looking forward to that on Saturday because I think it's like, like a unique experience just racing. It's my rookie World Championship race, yeah. I would say. Um, I think that's just a unique experience in itself and really looking forward to that. That's amazing. I mean, I, I feel that energy too. You know, I feel like it's really, it's so beautiful here and it's just it such an amazing opportunity. And especially after the past two and a half years, I totally agree. And then in terms of recovery, post-race recovery, like what's your typical 
routine and then you know i'm sure you have another race planned after this so i have of course i mean and don't know exactly what to race afterwards but um i am qualified for hawaii already yeah so that is like the big goal and i plan every all the other races around hawaii yeah um but um i don't know if you can call that a routine but um when you're eating like gels and sugar etc for like eight to nine hours in a race it's just like yes um, you're really engraving for a burger or just something super salty and fatty after yeah <laughs> um after like a burger and a beer and yeah so that's maybe not yeah. not the perfect recovery to be honest but um yeah it's just no like, i think it is the perfect recovery because you need the fat you need the grease you need yeah. the protein and the carbs and you need all that and kind of. i know like your stomach <laughs> is destroyed after yeah. uh, eight hours with gels and nutrition that's not actual food yeah. what about active recovery like do you Like, when do you start exercising again or training? Not necessarily training, but like when do you start running or cycling or swimming again after the race? Actually, um, running is the late, like the least I do. Um, the first thing is actually swimming because it's less stressing for the body. And I mean, the hard thing about Ironman, I feel, is not the swim and the, and the bike. It's actually the run. Yeah. Because that's like really stressing for muscles and bones. Um, and with my background... With my swimming background, I still have to be a little bit careful not to get injured. Yeah. Um, so the first thing is actually, like, a, yeah, after an Ironman, I'd like to do for two or three days actually nothing. Yeah. No sports at all. Um, but after that, just to keep moving again um, or to get moving again, like, yeah, just short rides, easy yeah. coffee, coffee rides, actually just spinning the legs and going for a swim. Yeah. And then I think after one week or maybe also 10 days, like just going for a little run and just not to rush it actually. Yeah. And now, so, so you said you're, you're qualified for Hawaii. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. That's going to be, I was just there. Ah, nice. I, it was <laughs> now, have you been? I've never been to Hawaii. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, I've never in my entire life felt wind like this. Okay. I mean, like for, I mean, you might have, I just, For, so you've like, never, if, never been on Lanzarote, I think. No, never in Lanzarote. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was, it's beautiful though. So we're going to, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. This has been so great. Thank you for, for popping by the podcast. Is there any like last advice you'd offer to maybe age groupers or listeners, like from a mental perspective that, you know, that for mindset and when it comes to racing? Yeah, I think especially when you're talking about Ironman racing or also for 7.3 racing, it's just you have to be prepared to that it is not always going great like you have like mental ups and ups and downs sometimes when you're like passing people and you're faster like faster stumbling you feel like okay now i'm like super good and like you're confident again and but when you're like in a certain point of a race and you don't know you're done like climbing hills or etc and then you feel like oh, okay now i'm hurting and how should i even start the run and Yeah. just it's just like an up and down but you have to be kind of prepared for, the, for that but and it's always possible to run after a hard bike even if you feel like if it's like a tough bike ride yeah. um you always can start the run yeah you know what that's really great advice and i've actually been there you know like i've been on the bike you know because I'm, i'm an age grouper a slow kind of middle back of pack and i if i don't swim fast then i get you know which I don't, uh, but I'm, I do, I'm a good cyclist though, but you know, I'll be all by myself on the bike and I yep. like psych myself out. I'm like, just such ridiculous things that come yep. into your mind that 
take you out and you yep. just have to like stay the course, right? Like don't think about anything, just keep moving. Exactly. And I think just in middle distance and long distance racing, you learn a lot um, about yourself, to be yeah. honest, because like so much self-talk going on. And yeah. it's actually, it's then when you reach the finish line and cross it, it's like, yeah, it's an amazing feeling. It's just an achievement. Yeah. And that feels, that feels good. So it's always... I think in some way it's always easy to say, okay, I stop at kilometer f uh, 40 on the bike and just uh, call it a day. Yeah. But when you get over that and you uh, yeah, stick to your kind of race plan or just push through and cross the finish line, then it's like the way bigger success than yeah. dropping out in a race because that's always easy. Yeah, 100%. This has been so awesome. Thank you, Flo, for popping by. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. UFOS Recovery Lounge Ironman World Championships in St. George, Utah. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple, give us five stars on Spotify, and share this episode with your friends on social media.